Good morning. It is really lovely to be speaking. Um, it feels like ages since I've spoken, which it has been. And um, it's, just been, it's just been really wonderful over the last few weeks, just hearing uh, different folks speaking and sharing. And, and quite honestly, I'm sure you will agree, the quality of those that have taught has just been absolutely outstanding. Really, really, truthfully, I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness, that is amazing. Like, no pressure. So, uh, so really, really good and really lovely to be uh, here with you this morning and, uh, and speaking. Um, I love sayings, and uh, I wonder if we can put that image up there. We have this uh, slightly interesting map of Ireland um, displayed in our toilet downstairs. So if you ever come to our house, uh, you get to have a good read of that. And it, it's positioned right above the toilet. So if you're a man, you actually get more time to read it than if you're a woman. Um, and it has all these wonderful sayings, all these Irishisms. And uh, there's just some brilliant ones on, on there. There's, like Janie Mack. Who's Janie Mack? And, uh, and things like... Uh, we're sucking diesel. Um, he's a miserable article, and Yamar, and all these other kind of Irish and Northern Irishisms. And there's loads on there as well, uh, which I'd never even read or heard of. And there's quite a few there that should not be displayed in public, and they're the ones in small print. So if we could maybe move, get it off the screen, that would be really, really good. But sayings capture something, don't they? And uh, here's a saying which I think. Uh, translates both uh, this side of the Irish Sea and uh, my original side of the Irish Sea. And it's this saying, he's a chip off the old block. He's a chip off the old block. And it's this saying that describes so brilliantly um, a son uh, being like his father, uh, maybe in the way that they look or maybe in the way which they act and react and, and behave. You just look and you're like, oh my goodness, you can't half tell you're such and such's son. And we could say the same about daughters and, and mothers, as, of course, as well. Um, so he's a chip off the old block. This morning, we introduced a new teaching series, uh, which is going to last right up until Easter Sunday. And uh, we're going to be exploring and asking the question, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And we're going to be taking it from uh, various passages from Mark's gospel, various uh, encounters, various stories. Some of them will be really well known to you. But all along the way, we are going to be asking the question, who is Jesus? And so uh, we're going to begin very at the beginning in chapter 1 of Mark. And that's going to be read this morning by the wonderful Ellie. I. The Baptism and Testing of Jesus. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With thee I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. Super, thank you. Folks, let's pray. Jesus, as we look at these words which are 
carefully recorded by Mark that we get to read today. We pray through this real-life event, this thing that happened, this, this occasion where you chose to go under the waters. And as you came up and out of it, you heard the voice of your Father. You're my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. These words, as we seek to understand who you are, God, we pray that it would change our very lives. Amen. So we begin uh, this series answering the question, who is Jesus? Jesus is a chip off the old block. Just like the Father. Help us delve uh, into this this morning. We're going to camp out specifically on the lines, on the line where the Father speaks uh, directly to the Son. He says, you are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. The message version says this, you are my Son, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life. These words spoken by God the Father, these short, simple, but deeply, deeply profound uh, words that carry so much weight. I want to take it from two angles, two uh, slightly different ways. Uh, uh, picture my, uh, my glasses, my lenses. I have two lenses, one lens. We're going to focus and we're going to begin by looking at these words through, uh, through ourselves, through the, uh, the words or the, through the eyes of the reader, and that is ourselves. And then secondly, we want to take it from the other lens by interpreting and understanding and seeking to see uh, what it was like for Jesus himself to see and to hear those words uh, for himself. Before we do that, I want to put it in the context of the passage. We're going to look at the actual baptism itself. And as we do that, it's important that we answer the question of why did Jesus get baptized? Why, why did he do that? Justice Necht, whatever his name is, wrote this. He did not require to do penance because he was without sin. But he had taken our sins upon him to atone for them. Therefore, he humbled himself, placed himself on a level with sinners, and obediently subjected himself to be baptized. As he had submitted before to be circumcised and presented in the temple, he gave us thereby a lesson in humility and obedience. Baptism is this outward expression of what God has done uh, in us inwardly. John uh, Jesus' cousin, the one who was sent ahead of Jesus, the one who was sent prepare the way for the Lord to make straight paths for him. He's baptizing people in the River Jordan. He's using um, ceremonial cleansing, uh, this, this, this act uh, that the, the, the Jews would have done as, as, a, as a baptism of repentance. And we get to uh, do the same. And by the way, if you're looking to be baptized, you'd like to be baptized, our baptism service is going to be on May the 7th. 
It's going to be here in Carrickfergus instead of in Browns Bay. That's a quick heads up. So uh, if you'd like to be baptized, you've never been baptized, then uh, begin to think about that and pray about that. It is an incredible opportunity. It's a public demonstration of your faith and of your choosing to follow Jesus. And, uh, and, and as we do that, there's this incredible encounter. As you, as you go beneath the waters, there's this outward washing. <laughs> I'm just laughing because it's Belfast Lock. This washing of the, of the outwardness of what God has done inwardly. And Jesus, the one who, uh, uh, who has no sin, who does not require penance, has taken on our sins to atone for them, something of which he ultimately fulfills through his death and resurrection. He chooses to humble himself, to draw alongside us uh, sinners and goes under the water. What's also really important is the timing of this. It's, it's the beginning of his public ministry. He's roughly the age of 30, and, and, and up until that point, we know little about Jesus. We, we know that for those first two years, they had to, f- to flee, to, to run away from Herod as they go to Egypt to protect themselves from literally being killed. And then uh, he goes walkabouts at the age of 12 when he's, uh, when he's found in the temple. But for the rest of his life, we know very, very little. We assume he was raised by Mary and Joseph for as many years as Joseph was alive. As any, he would have trained to have been a carpenter and worked with wood and, and what have you. But this very moment is the beginning as he begins his public ministry. As he begins to go live to uh, the world, to come and to do the very things that he had come to do. And so he goes down beneath the water. And as he rises, the most incredible thing takes place. Two things happen. One is the heavens open. Uh, Mark uses this Greek word, uh, I'm going to pronounce it incorrectly, schizomenus, schizomenus, which means tearing or ripping. The translation is to tear or to rip open, which gives us way better description of the heavens uh, as Jesus comes up out of the water. It's like the, 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 the heavens are ripped, the, the sky is ripped open. And there's this comparison, this verbal thread um, that, that is intertwined with the rending, the tearing of the veil in the temple at the, at the cross and the death of Jesus. There's a comparison being drawn here. And the comparison is this, that up until that point, since the fall, since the fall of mankind, when, uh, when Adam and Eve chose to do what they did, the heavens were closed to earth. But in this moment... The heavens are opened. At this moment, as Jesus rises, it's the, the significance of it is just incredible. He has come and he is declaring, he's bringing heaven literally to earth. And it's through his words and through his actions and through his teaching and through his miracles and through the way in which he interacts with people that heaven comes to earth because he's a chip off the old block, because he's the son sent by the Father to earth for us. He continues to do that, what we know as the kingdom. He brings the kingdom of heaven here to earth, and he continues to do that through us. I don't know about you, but I've been so encouraged by reading all of those things about Asbury. 
it just pops up here, there, and everywhere. And Chantel literally is coming. She's just weeping as she's reading the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon our, upon our young people and upon our young adults. And we're just like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. It's like the, the earth has been groaning, groaning with just like these labor pains. You remember reading this? It's like, oh, my goodness, life's so blimming difficult. It's so hard. God, we need you to come from heaven to earth and to visit us again. And in this moment, heaven is opened and this voice from heaven comes with these simple but profound words. The Father speaks to the Son, says, You are my Son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. So back to our lenses. Who is Jesus from our perspective as we read this? He's the Son. He's the chip of the old block. He is the one who is God, who personifies the Father, the true reflection of God, come to earth in bodily expression, fully human and yet fully God, representing the personality of God the Father to us. John, in his gospel, writes, and taken from the message, the word became flesh and blood in Jesus and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, Generous inside and out, true from start to finish. This is him, the son. This is him. Three years later, John carefully documents uh, in his uh, gospel the conversation at the Last Supper between Jesus and the disciples. It's before the cross, and Jesus is preparing his disciples for what is to come. And Thomas, good old Thomas, asks a question. He says, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, the Son, if you know me, then you'll know the Father. If you know the Son, you know the Father. It's like, it just popped into my head. I don't know how it's going to come out of my mouth. It's like you want to get to know someone you go through the sun. If you know someone, then you get to know that person. Does that make sense? Not really. Uh, I knew it was a tenuous link that flashed into my head. I just move on. Thanks, dear. <laughs> From now on, you do. So if you really, no one knows comes except through me. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him. And have seen him. Philip pipes up. And he says, Lord, show us the Father. And that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't the disciples give us much comfort? with their clumsy questions and their asking, don't you know me, Philip, after all this time together? If you've seen me, if you've seen me, you've been around me for three years, when you see me, you see my Father. I'm 
the chip off the old block. Back to the lenses. Let's look at these words that the Father says to the Son at Jesus' baptism through Jesus' eyes and through Jesus' ears. Who is Jesus? We need to reframe the question differently to Jesus asking the question, Who am I? You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. There are three occasions in the Gospels when God the Father speaks from heaven to earth. And this is one of them. I wonder if you can tell me when the other two are. Anyone know? Call it out. The transfiguration. You get an extra espresso in your coffee afterwards. The transfiguration, this incredible encounter, when Jesus and his closest three disciples, Peter, James, and John, they go up a mountain, and the most incredible um, thing happens. You can read about it yourselves in Matthew 17. And uh, in that occasion, God the Father just shows up. It's the most incredibly heavenly encounter on this mountain. And God the Father, uh, this is what happens. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. With the following words, listen to him. Who's the Father speaking to? He's speaking to the benefit of Peter, James, and John. This is important. The second, or sorry, the third occasion when God the Father speaks. Be really impressed if you get it. Brilliant. Michael, you're particularly loved by God. (laughs) Before the cross... Again, Jesus is preparing his disciples. We find that in John 12, uh, Jesus in front of a large crowd of people, he's speaking, he's teaching, he's preparing. And, 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 and as he's talking to the crowd, he speaks to the Father and he says these words. He says, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd of people there, gathered, heard it, and said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. So, the Mount of Transfiguration, this bit's important. Peter, James, and John, the voice from heaven is for their benefit. Listen to him. He's my son, da-di-da-di-da, listen to him. In this moment, it is for the benefit of the crowd, not for Jesus himself. And we know that. Because the very next verse, Jesus says, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. And so in that third occasion, when God speaks from heaven to earth, it's for the benefit of the crowd. The transfiguration was for the benefit of the three. But the first time, the first time at the baptism of Jesus himself, I think that it is for the benefit of Jesus himself. As I've been preparing and reading It is unclear as to who heard the voice that we read about. And some would say that it was Jesus and John were the ones who heard it. That whilst it was this audible voice, it was Jesus and John only that heard it. Regardless of whether 
it was just those two or the others present who were there being baptized at the same time. Regardless of that, I think it's clear that these words were for the benefit of the Son, for the benefit of Jesus himself, that God spoke from heaven to earth to the Son. You're it. My Son, I love you. I'm so pleased with you. And many of you, you know this passage, and you know what I'm about to say. The context of this. It's before his ministry. He hasn't done anything except make cool things out of wood. He hasn't done uh, the healings and the miraculous signs of wonders. And in this moment, the Father says, I love, you're amazing. You're just amazing. This incredible, outrageous love towards the Son. I remember uh, becoming a parent when Sam first came. And I had this moment, this experience. And I had the very same thing with Owen and with Hope as, um, as, as, as Chantel bravely has given birth. Um, and thankfully after Kathy and one or two others uh, helped clean up the babies. It's pretty stinking, let's be honest, men. And, the, and, and, and son, daughter gets, just, just get, we, get, we get the moment. Yeah, it felt like that too. And, and, and in that moment, I remember this just overwhelming feeling. It is, it's just an emotional feeling of, oh my goodness, you're my son. You're my daughter. And I, 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 feel, I feel choked now as, as, as our, our sons and our daughter are growing up and they're, it's, it's that same feeling. It's the heart of the father towards the son, towards the daughter. And we feel this because we're made in his image. Because that's the father to the son. And God the father demonstrates this through the words that he speaks. And these same words are the same words that he feels towards us. Same words. Put your name in it. You're my son. You're my daughter. I love you. I'm well pleased with you. It's not for what you've done for him. It's not what you haven't done for him. It's just cause. Just cause. Who is Jesus? He's the son. He's the true reflection, the personification of the father. Come from heaven to earth to show us who God really is.